This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Pigs can be made into bacon and sausages. They can even be made into pork chops. Yum yum. Buy your pigs now before they all turn mad and become illegal. Pigs are available from all good farms and agricultural retailers and come in a variety of sizes and colours. So, bring home the bacon and get your chops before they get the chops. Good evening and welcome to Homesdale Radio. Homesdale Radio. Butterfield into the hat-trick! Astonishing! Of all the unlikely heroes! It's Scannell. Hi, welcome to Homestar Radio. My name is Chris Hambling, and and with me today are the original lineup. I have Ben Nagel and Furhad Zidi, who I will talk to in a moment. Um, I hope you like the new introduction. That was pretty much the only way we could sum up Palace in uh, in three goals. It was uh, two glorious, amazing moments. Followed by T. Popovic, got a fantastic own goal. We thought, thought that was quite a good one. Um, just uh, yeah, for contact reasons, you want to get in touch with us. It's twitter.com forward slash whole radio, and make sure you include at whole radio with your message. Uh, you can message us on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash whole radio. Email us. It's radio at homesdale.net, or you can give us a call on o two o eight one two three one six four six. And please do give us a shout today. It'd be uh, great to hear from you. Now um. Yeah, so many different things to talk about. I don't really know when to start. Um, probably the best place to start is as of the 2nd of October, we're going to be changing to broadcasting live on a Sunday night instead of a Monday. Uh, hopefully to reach more of you live, because that's really what we want. So, um, you know, those of you listening to this as a podcast now, do do tune in live. It's uh, We're going to start giving you uh, much more of an incentive to do so. But we just think the show goes so much better when we've got interaction with you guys. Well, some of you guys, some of the emails we get. Um, yeah, well, you'll hear that. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, you can mo- you can listen on a mobile phone as well. You don't have to be a computer to listen to us live. Uh, any smartphone uh, you can listen to using 3G or a Wi-Fi connection. Simply go to wholeradio.net 
uh, click play on the player in there if you can't see that uh, i like this bit it says or using a media player enter radio.homesdale.net into your streaming media tab i do like a streaming media tab guys do you like a streaming media mm, tab yeah love streaming media tab yeah i don't really know what that means to say at the end if you need any assistance setting this up email radio at homesdale.net and you'll get through to mikey who will probably confuse you substantially more but basically the message there is you can listen to us on a uh, smartphone as well uh yep and just get involved on live as many of you are doing now uh we're doing a free uh ticket draw coming up that's two match tickets to a category b game of your choice and uh you can if you haven't been given a number already uh, for the draw you can email us on radio at radio at homesdale.net and mikey will issue issue you with a number which we'll pick at random a bit later on in the show uh, and as an extra incentive, some point today we'll be reward, uh, rewarding, awarding a prize to a random contributor. Ooh. I guess we are rewarding them for listening as well. Well, it is a reward. Yeah, you're quite correct there, Ben. Thanks for the uh, interjection. That's right, Chris. Uh, yeah, brilliant. But uh, yeah, someone, someone who contributes today, either by email, by phone, I don't know, fax. We got a fax? Probably not. Um, but yeah, any get in touch today, and Mikey will at some point randomly. I think, are you going to play a sound, Michael? Do we, no? Oh, nothing. Well, I thought he was ready <laughs> no. to talk. No, okay, he's not going to play a sound. I will find one. Yeah, good man. Uh, just want to make a quick mention um, of, uh, well, hopefully most of you have seen it on the club website, and it's, it's been on both the BBS and on Hull. It's about a, a, a Palace fan called Tommy Mayers. Um, Tommy, uh, he's not the best of luck. He was, he was the lad who was involved in the... Um, the incident up at Reading, I think it was, where uh, a, a dog, a police dog, was actually allowed to maul him on the face. Um, there's been all sorts of uh, um, implications of that. There's an article on the, on the Guardian website you can read. If you, you just go to go to the website, I'll give you later on. Um, yeah, he had no luck there. And then he's, uh, he's gone out to Australia and he's been hit at 80 kilometres an hour by a... Um, by a, by a car of some sort and basically he's you know, shattered his legs got all sorts of injuries and you know he's out there in Australia uh, in, in a bit of a state and the, his family have set up a website it's www.welovetommy.com uh, where you can donate to help the cost of, and basically they're not working uh, you know so they're, they're out there spending every day that they can with him and, and nursing him through uh, which basically you know the, the message is he's does, he seems to be recovering which is fantastic news uh, but obviously it costs money, and uh, if, you, if you do want to donate, there's, there's a means to do so on www.welovetommy.com. I want to make mention of, uh, of one of our listeners over in Australia, Ross, uh, you might know him as Palace Guard, who's actually um, he's actually visited Tommy, because he's, he's only literally over the road from him uh, in Melbourne there. And he's already paid him a visit and spoken to him and his, his father at length. He's really, that, that's the sort of thing that you, you love to see from Palace fans. And, uh, and you know, say well done to Ross and there's other people doing things as well I know Ali uh, he's Forest Hill Billy on hole he's, uh, he's organising some get well soon cards and all that sort of stuff and if anyone's got any ideas for, for fundraising then, then let us know I'll quite happily put some of these guys forward for humiliation to, to raise some money for Tommy and his family and uh, yeah just want to obviously send him my very best wishes as well for his uh, recovery I'm sure it's going to be a long journey but it's one he'll um, I'm sure he'll approach with the same determination um, he has so far um, I've got to talk about fantasy football, but I haven't bothered to look up the table. Um, so we'll come back to that later on. Um, I'm just going to talk to Ben and Furhead. I've, I've been speaking for well too long. Ben, Five how are you? I am very good, thank you, Chris. How are you? I'm, I'm not too bad. Uh, what, been up to anything exciting? 
Um, well, the main one is obviously Leeds away on Saturday. Got a few few stories mm. from that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's an interesting one. You had the pleasure of uh, standing next to me, didn't you? Of course, yeah. Always a pleasure. And did you enjoy celebrating those goals? No, I did get punched in the face, actually, uh, yeah. in one of the goal celebrations. And after the first goal, you told me that I was going to get thrown over the seat in front for the next one. Luckily, that, did. didn't, that didn't happen. I think you did I did try, but I'd become tired and slightly lethargic. <laughs> That's what had happened there, really. Um, okay, Furhad, you're back for the first time in ages. Good evening, listeners. Hello, Chris. Hello, Ben. Yes, I'm back. <laughs> and it's great to be back, actually. Yeah, I mean, the show's obviously changed a, a bit since you were last on, I suspect. But, um, I mean, you know, we've, we've missed you. We really have. Uh, have you been up to anything exciting in your life in the last um, year or whatever it's been? Work, mm. work, watching Palace when I can. Yeah, uh, I've noticed you've, you've you've not been able to get there as much as you'd like. You did bring a um, was it a work colleague, the the French lad you That's brought? That's right. Um, my uh, our, our French placement student. He was here for three months, so he 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 were, uh, Palace has become his uh, his English team now. Now, did you think that had anything to do with putting him next to me? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, no, he did seem to enjoy it. That's fantastic stuff. Right. Well, we we're going to start with a thread of the week. Um, we had a lot allotted five minutes for it because I talked for so long. We've got slightly less time. But um, the the thread centres around the policing at the Leeds game. Now, obviously, not everyone was there. Um, he's listening to this, and there's been obviously plenty of uh, moans at policing and stewarding before. But but there were some pretty unsavoury incidents up at Leeds and, and when I say unsavoury I don't mean anything to do with the fans there was nothing from any supporter as far as I could tell uh, but certainly the way that people were being treated I mean I'll start by saying uh, one of the f- most obvious things when we got there was that the uh, Homesdale Fanatics were um <laughs> sorry I've been right sorry the Homesdale Fanatics were, were basically not weren't refuse entry but all their uh to the drum all that sort of business was confiscated now you know ben you, you've got some some observations from the from the uh from the day let's take us through them yeah obviously as i was walking in uh the fanatics had been stopped by the stewards and the police and uh had the, the, the banner taken off them which people have said you know they took last year and it's not been a problem before they take it to all the away games and i think a drum as well might have been taken off I'm not 100 percent sure about that but they had to get items of, of their Kind of celebrations and stuff like that taken off them, which I thought was a bit out of order. And obviously, when we got in there um, during the first half, the the conductor of the home stuff and that has got kicked out of the ground. Um, and obviously, talking to people at half time, the reason it got kicked out was apparently because he was standing on a seat. I mean, that wasn't uncommon around the whole the whole of the ground, was it really? So no, exactly. And I, I think um, I mean a lot of the the issues were centred around the fact that uh, that that the, the, the there was no parity. Obviously, the Leeds fans. They do stand pretty much the whole time, um, and yep. it's, you know it's very disappointing to see. But, I mean, people were being victimised. That's the thing, and that's the worry, really. And I mean, that's where the thread started. It's uh, serial thread started. It. I mean, he's, you know, his usual threads uh, aren't aren't too serious, but this one he felt, uh, you know, sort of compelled to actually put things across. I mean, there's some some various sort of stuff in there about the police uh, not really being interested, being amused, or whatever. That that stuff's not really um, not really too. You know, confrontational. That's just what what the attitude of some police is towards football fans. I mean, we a lot of football fans get tired of the same brush. Um, but I mean, Fred, you'd you'd have seen fans being videoed before. Do you have any objection to being videoed? Um, at the end of the day, if you're not doing anything wrong, then 
why not? Uh, there's nothing wrong with it, I, I, I don't think. No, I suppose not, but do you not feel it's maybe slightly confrontational, the police, to do that? If, I mean, because you, you can visually tell that someone's doing nothing wrong, so why film them? Film them? Can you see any justification on that side? Oh, yeah, I, I can see that point. I, looking at the fixture, Palace against Leeds, it's, it's not a big fixture, you know. We haven't got any malice towards Leeds, they haven't got anything towards us. So I, I can't understand why they would class it as a, a fixture where they need to video camera uh, away fans. Yeah, then that, that does beg the question, if they're doing that at Leeds, what are they going to do at Brighton, what are they going to do at Millwall, places like that? It's going to be a lot worse, surely. Yeah. I mean, I always come back to the same point. Uh, I wish we had longer to go into this, really, but I always come back to the same point, really, that a, a police force is there to, to protect you, and I've never felt protected at a, a football match by police. I felt, uh, I've, I felt I've been looked at and assumed to be something I definitely am not, you know. Um, and that's quite quite distressing in some ways. I think we need to move up, but, I mean, the, the police have a really hard job. They do. They genuinely have such a tough time. You know, because there are, there are sections of the support that are going out to cause problems and you know we had all sorts of incidents last season at away games and we are now on a you know we're on a, we're on a list effectively uh, as, as a, an at-risk group i mean that's something that actually happened during the course of last season so it's not like everyone's innocent and it's all the authorities fault don't don't for one second think i'm saying that but i mean the police do have a, a tough time of that i mean you could argue that they're supposed to use that they're you know, their intelligence gathering to work out who is causing a problem. But for argument's sake, that they believe that um, football-related violence is on the increase and they they believe that some sort of, you know, aggressive and potentially heavy-handed tactics are the way to deal with it. But I think that what caused more problems at, at Leeds was the stewarding. Um, and we've seen some pretty poor stewarding uh, away grounds. You know, I, I think our stewards do a very good job considering some of the stuff they have to put up with. But, I mean, the you don't want to sort of stereotype, but if you look at if you look at the kind of people that were were lead stewards and the, the way they were behaving, that's you know typically a guy with a tattoo on his face. Um, you know that sort of a thing. If you've got a tattoo on your face, then the chances <laughs> are you you know you're of a certain um, persuasion, shall we say? So look, I mean, Ben, the, the stewarding. Do you think that? I mean, the, the police should the police be getting control of a steward? You know, because they, they effectively should be working together. But if they see stewards who were, who were being confrontational and directly targeting people as well, do you think that perhaps there's a argument there to say the police shouldn't just police the supporters? They should police the stewards as well. Well, it's hundred percent something that needs to be looked at because what was happening at Leeds wasn't on at all. It was it was so heavy-handed, so unnecessarily heavy-handed, because it was obvious that we weren't doing anything wrong at all. So yeah, I think it's definitely something that needs to be looked at with with regards to that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it shouldn't spoil a a great atmosphere. I mean, I've, I've we've got an email in from Aston on the subject, and um, uh, Aston said that he was filmed and photographed by the police because I, he was rowdy and was told he was being watched. He did pull the blonde steward, which we saw. That was well done for that, Aston. That was fantastic work. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, Aston's one of those people who, you know, he's not aggressive at all. He's one of the loudest people you'll ever ever go to a football match with he's you know he'll sing all game you know but he doesn't you know he's not someone that he should, should be filmed and watched by the police um yeah it was quite funny to see him ben because obviously we could see him from where he's sitting yeah we were back row and right, we could see him in the front row <laughs> right at the very front row upsetting people by standing up and stuff but you know it's frustrating that 
there seems to be a, a move to try and sterilise an atmosphere. When I mean, I went to uh, to a Crawley game when uh, in, in the international break, and I thought, you know, it's it's lower league football. It'll be a bit of be a bit you know feisty. It'll be a bit interesting. It was dull. It was dull as hell because there was no atmosphere, and we don't know how lucky we are sometimes to have what we have. You know, with the fanatics and with the guys in the other, it's we're so so lucky, and unfortunately, you've got authorities that aren't really supporting that, which is a shame. Look, anyway, we'll we'll leave that there. But if you've got any opinions on the subject, do send us an email: radio at homesdale dot net, or tweet us. It's uh, just include at homesdale. Uh, sorry, at whole radio. Oh, got that wrong. At whole radio in your uh, in your message. And also we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash whole radio. Message us there. Uh, but yes, thanks thanks to those of you who have, who have contacted us so far. Okay, so right, that's policing done. Um, now we go straight on to the, the Leeds review, five minutes late. Um, we don't we don't have any kind of a diary or anything like that, so we're just going to go straight into talking about the game. Uh, Verhad, you obviously weren't there, so if you could pipe up with some questions as we go, potentially. Um, well, I'll help you out with that, but... Um, no, no, I, I've got a few questions. Um, oh, I was actually uh, watching the game, well, watching, well, I was watch, watching Soccer Saturday with uh, Jeff Stelling, and yeah. uh, I was uh, logged into homesdoll.net in the chat room as well to see what was happening. And uh, I think the first thing which came to my mind when uh, McCormack scored was, all right, here we go again, it's another away fixture. Did, did we start badly? Was, was that what happened? Were we not switched off? I, I, I'll give my opinion on that and I'll let... Ben, Ben, sort of speak afterwards. Really, I mean, what the, what happened in my view was that we we actually started relatively strongly. Um, what happened is that we we just weren't prepared for for what was essentially a hit, a hit and hope cross, if you like. Um, and just for whatever reason, the marking had gone completely, and that's it's it's no more complicated than that. It was just a little lapse. It was early on in the game. You know, people weren't quite ready. For, for what happened which was just a little swinging ball with the left peg that went straight in and you know great header from Cormac can't argue with that and well and I'm going to hand over to you for your for your opinion on how we started no, I agree with Ferhad when, when the goal went in you kind of think oh here we go again Like we've, we've had this so much last season um, but yeah like you said it wasn't it wasn't anything that I think it was bad defending I think but I think all their goals were, were relatively badly defended but um, yeah, like you said, we weren't ready at the start. We didn't, we didn't start badly, but we we didn't start as well as we should have done. We were kind of sleeping a little bit at the start, I guess, and we just yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, to sort of to give it a bit of context, really, I think it's, it's not. It's not. I wouldn't say it wasn't like the lead started well either. They, they you know, it wasn't. It wasn't exactly. like a, a pre-planned pre-planned um, sort of attack. It was just. It was very much a hit and hope, and it ended up being a you know the perfect ball really. It's pretty frustrating to to see us start like that. Um, okay, but, but well, I mean, to sort of if, if I could sort of talk about that 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 team selection really. Um, yeah. Uh, if you look at the look at the back, it's settled it's settled back almost now. You know, Ramage has has, has been there for a time. Uh, you know, it's good to re- re- renew his loan. Don't really have a, any other options other than moving David Wright back there. Um, you know, and it, it's it was a sh- it was just a surprise to see, and obviously what happened later on as well. A surprise to see they weren't quite uh, up to it defensively. Uh, Third, you did have a follow up question. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, that's that's an interesting point point you make. That do you think that the two week break has affected them, or is it simply the fact that now that Moxie's 
slotted back into the back four, that's caused a bit of an bit of an issue. Well, I, what I think, I it seems strange to say because I know people are moaning quite a lot about us sitting back and all that sort of stuff, and that's very something we'll talk about perhaps a little later on. I think it's it's the Moxie and Par are trying to do something with with exchange, they're exchanging their position regularly. And I, I suspect that, going on. Absolutely, Ben. Yeah, and I, I suspected as much in pre-season, being quite smug about that. <laughs> but um, but they um. They, they were constantly working and, and one's covering and one's going forward and, and quite a lot of the time Moxie was the further forward and I don't know if that had a, had an impact I don't know if those two because whoever's covering is probably going to be slightly further forward than an orthodox left back so I don't know if, if either Paddy or Tunchev is thinking oh, I've got to move slightly over to the left here you know and, and, and perhaps leaving a little bit more space at the back I don't know if that was the difference I'll tell you what I didn't expect to, to score two goals and, and lose the game because the way we've defended under Dougie Ah, okay. So, so we're one nil down after about ten minutes, and then you see us equalise. What was that like? And how did we start to play? <laughs> yeah. um, do you know it's one of those we haven't really got anything from set plays. I, I don't know if you want to describe the goal for us, Ben. Um, well, yeah, it came, to, came to Paddy McCarthy at the back post, and he controlled. It. I don't even know what he controlled it with. Could have been his hand. Could have been his. <laughs> yeah, it looked like it. His, oh yeah, anything, and then. Yeah, I think I'm looking at it now. Actually, it does look like it is his hand, uh, and then he just kind of hits it and hopes, and it goes top corner. But it's nice to see Paddy scoring in the right end for once. I think a lot of people said that on the day. Actually, <laughs> it's nice to see yeah. him scoring in the opposition's end rather than rather than our own. But yeah, it's a good finish actually. Yeah, centre back. It the ball coming in from from Jedernax, uh, something I wanted to mention actually, because obviously he's without without Ambrose in the starting lineup. Um, for whatever reason, we got to assume it's it's form. Um, Without him in the starting lineup and without Owen Garvin, who who was nowhere to be seen either, uh, he's our our free kick specialist, and it was a good ball in. Mm. Uh, he he can he can hit a decent free kick. Uh, I've seen a couple of clips on YouTube of him of him you know striking at goal, but his general delivery seems okay to me. Um, I think Jednak had a really good game actually. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to ask about Jednak. Um, he played midweek for Australia against uh, Saudi Arabia. Was there any it's one thing I fear with with you know Dikachoy and Jedinak that mm. they're going to play these games like you know thousands of miles away. Will that did that I, performance at all? It, it's it's got to to a point. Um, certainly in terms of tiredness, if anything. But I mean for for Jedinak, he's not played a lot of football. He took so long to join us that we've had much of a pre-season. You know you can keep fit relatively fit just jogging around and what have you. But you know didn't get a huge amount of training done with the team and I think if anything we'll probably benefit from, from playing quite a lot of football you know in a short space of time but I mean it, well yeah I, I don't know I was going to go along the lines of obviously uh, sorry KG's out injured at the moment but again he, he could he could really struggle for fitness because he's I mean he didn't doesn't look you know doesn't look like he did last season put it that way when he's played I don't know it's, it's a tough one to say for it's a good question but it's one of those where the sort of proof is of the pudding is in the eating, really. Is, is uh, he actually match fit? Is he, you know, ready to go? Is he raring to go? What Jedinak? Yeah. Um, I think he is. He's getting there. I don't know. He's not. He's not a hundred percent. No. No way. He's not. You know, there's certain little moments where he's not 
as sharp as you would expect someone to be. But you know, he's not a quick player either. He's not someone who's going to sort of steam about. He looks, he looks like he has a bit of class to me. It's just, I, I have reservations of partnering him with David Wright, and I don't, I'm not. It's not another excuse to bash David Wright or anything like that because I think he actually played pretty well, um, and he and he does does a fantastic job in breaking up play. But playing two players of that type worries me. Um, we did we did get a, que- uh, a question in from on Twitter. It just uh, says from DLW8. But he, he said he might have missed it somewhere. What was that up other than tactical? Uh, don't know, but he's the player I would have liked to have seen in there in place of one of those two. And if I was pushed on an answer, I would say in place of David Wright. I think I heard it was an injury in <laughs> actually. I think he was did have a little knock in training. Oh, right. Okay. Okay, so so we equalised and then we went ahead thanks to Sean Scannell. Yeah. Uh it's, it seemed like how, how they were describing it on Sky, that we were playing champagne football. Really good stuff, counter-attacking, on the floor, causing Leeds so many problems. Um, ben, I'll, I'll let you feel that one. I was really, really impressed with the way we played first half, actually. I think it's the best away performance I've seen for a long time from Palace. Like you said, yeah, a long floor, playing it about kind of football that, that we want to be seeing when we go away from home, um, that we haven't seen for the last season. So it was nice to see see that. Yeah, obviously it's a brilliant cross from from Jermaine Easter, and if Sean Scannell had missed from there, I mean he should have been taken off pretty much because it was it was such an easy finish. But yeah, brilliant goal. So that's yeah, I mean that, that's a, that's the subject. Jermaine Easter starting ahead of of Glenn Murray that we were mm-hmm. thinking yeah. of picking for the for the whole hot topic. Um, when when Easter does stuff like that, he justifies his inclusion. Um, yep. I think I mean, you cannot really fault that as a cross, as Ben was suggesting. It's on a plate. It was between two defenders, right to Scannell. You know, Scannell's done extremely well to get there, but that's exactly the kind of run that Jermaine Easter should be making. So it seems to me that I mean, we had we had what we had in that case. We had instance where Wilf Zaha was was absolutely giving their their. Um, left back a real torrid time the left back was uh, he put the cross in for the, the first goal for Leeds a guy called Taylor I think it was but he is I think he's 17 it was his first it was his debut and he couldn't cope with Zaha and we, we saw that that was painfully obvious and my worry with, with Easter and that's not just, not just him it's everyone in an attacking sense but he doesn't on, on a couple of occasions against Coventry and, and specifically against Leeds he's not occupied enough of a different position from Scannell if you, if you know what I'm getting at Scannell was sort of in there in the six yard box looking for a tap in and so is Easter but, but Zaha's ball and on three or probably three or four occasions the ball was going straight through everyone and there's no one on the end of it and I would like to have seen Jermaine Easter getting on the end of that because he is a goal scorer he has not really done it regularly at this level but he's got that in him and I'm, that's why Dougie's starting him he's seeing his all round game he's, he's very good at holding the ball he's very clever at passing it as well. He gets doesn't get enough credit for his for his you know just his short passing the way he keeps the ball moving. But where where he will always struggle is if we're hitting a long ball up to him. You know he's not particularly mm. tall. He's not strong in the air. I would say. So I don't understand why. If you're going to start Jermaine Easter, you've got to get the ball either over the top of the defence for him to run onto, or you've got to get the ball to his feet. And we saw against Coventry, for example. We spent most of the game hitting the ball to his head, and he, you know, he was never going to get there. So that's my concern with that, and that's why I think Murray's a better option because if we're the sort of team who's going to hit a long ball, then it's bet- better to have Murray on the end of that. And I don't know if you guys uh, agree with that, but um, well, Ben, 
Ben, what do you think about the, the selection of Easter over Murray? Um, I'd like to see Murray play a lot more. I, I agree that Easter is a good player and he's got quality. I think he just needs a goal, uh, a goal or two, and that will start him off. But mm. we saw Murray uh, when he scored, obviously scored that goal the other day, and he, we saw the quality that he had after the goal. We had a few more shots, and he should have scored a hat trick like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. we know that he's got quality, but it's such a difficult decision to choose over Easter because we do see what quality he's got. But I do think. Tomorrow, for example, should be a chance for Murray to play and to, to prove his worth. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Fred, you saw um, you saw the the difference in in Murray and uh, and in Easter against Coventry. So, I mean, what would you have gone with? Oh, it's such a tough call. I, I think for for the first time we we've got quite a few strikers in the ranks, so we've we've got different options up front. Um, I would have gone for Easter purely based on the fact that you know Dan Murray was out he was just coming back and I, I think it was justified that Jermaine Easter started on uh, uh, on Saturday against Leeds as well mm-hmm. I, I, um, I agree with Ben I think tomorrow you know it's a, it's a cup game make the changes and, and let Glenn Murray start and let's see what he can do and we're discounting Pedroza as well I mean where does he come in yeah I think I mean it, it does seem to me that he'll be very much for the future. I can see him perhaps making an impact further down the line. I would like to see him at least on the bench for for, for a lot of games because yeah. when I saw him pre-season, you know, he, he didn't. He was sort of struggling to adapt to, to his teammates to a point, but he just he's got a little bit of pace and a little bit of you know explosive power, and I, I think he could really really achieve something in the English game. It's you know early days, but. I think it just seems that that's going to that's a, a purchase based on the future. Uh, just a quick prompt, but as we're going to we're going to move on through this relatively quickly, but we've got plenty of time. If uh, there's anyone at home who wants to give us a bell and, and talk through any of the incidents, but we've got a few emails and bits and pieces to go as well. But it's o two one two three one six four six. If I can move us on, I mean we we talked about essentially what's happened in the first half. We've you know we 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 conceded a goal. We've come back very, very strongly, and just before half-time, Wilfs had a, a great chance and a really good shot that was uh, tipped over by the keeper. And we go into half-time feeling very, very positive. Um, mm. but obviously, the, the conversations at half-time turn to, well, are we going to do what we knew, we, we've been doing? Are we going to sit back and let Leeds come at us? Um, ben, what was the answer? We weren't at all. No, we weren't, we weren't negative at all. I think the goals came from poor defending, and that's something that needs to be looked at. But, um, I mean... It's disappointing. We we went there, and at half time, you think, you know, if we if we get a draw, I'll be disappointed. Let alone a loss. So, yeah, I said to you tonight. I was saying mm. to you throughout the game um, that we needed to to kind of I don't know, don't really know where I'm going with this actually. Well, no, lost my train of thought completely. You've talked yourself into a cul-de-sac, really, haven't you? Yeah. No, you, we were we were talking basically the, the, our fear of the game, but. The, the best form of attack is defence. Uh, sorry, the best form of defence is attack. Oh, God, man, what's shambles, isn't it? It's catching. <laughs> oh dear. Go here. You, you have no. Um, I, look, at the end of the day, let's talk about the goals we conceded. Um, the first goal we conceded. And this is where Zahar came from a little bit of criticism for, for giving away free kicks. It wasn't a free kick. That that really, really wasn't the um, the challenge or wherever it was on, on the, for, the, for their equaliser are just unbelievable from the referee it's a clear dive very upsetting to see it given and I think, I think, 
Uh, that was no. The yellow card was a challenge afterwards, where he clearly won the ball. That, you know, just just compounded the misery really. But it was one of those where I, I was, you know, I was ranting and raving as I do. I think I'm sure I turned to you and I said, "If they score from this, I'm, you know, I'm gonna be fuming." Should we? <laughs> and uh, sure enough, uh, free header, and you can't legislate for that. It's bad defending, no matter what you do. There's no one challenging. I mean, they've, they've looked, they brought on three subs, and I'll talk about their subs in a sec, because they brought on three quite uh, significant subs. Yeah. But if you're going to not mark Luciano Becchio in the box, then what what do you expect to happen? You know, you've, you've got an experienced back line, you've, you know, of, of Moxie, of Paddy, of Tanchev, of Ramage. One of those has got to pick up, has got to pick up Becchio, because... <laughs> okay, he's coming off the he's come off the bench, but you know he's a striker. He's standing up that end of the pitch. You got to pick him up, and it just seems bizarre that he had such an easy header to score. You know, you can forgive it if there's a challenge and it still goes in, but you just can't really understand why he wasn't challenged. Um, so that was the disappointing for me on on thing for me on the the equaliser. And to be fair, he was completely unmarked. The player is Jedinax next man to mark and he wasn't marking him at all and like I said yeah free header he was wide open nobody anywhere near him he just easy header into the back post so. I, I don't know where that where that comes from I don't know I mean obviously it's Dougie's set piece uh, organisation needs well we don't know what it how it how it works but you would expect I would expect as a skipper to make sure everyone's got their men but it's a it's a tough one you know you're right you're there in the heat at the moment and I, you know, is is so disappointing for all that work just for that little lapse. But I mean, that's probably, in fairness, how most goals are scored in football matches. Is yeah, exactly. everyone does exactly what they're supposed to do? That it'd be nil nil every time, wouldn't it? But, yep, pretty much. That's um, right. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go on to the, the the third and the winner, um, and it's the same story really. Um, one of our old lads, Mikel Fossell. Uh, it was it was a pretty much again one of those nothing balls forward. It found its way to him lovely little header into the ball max feet and before he'd even turned and shot it was the only thing he could do you know it was nothing else he could do but that really um, we can't take away from the fact that it was a fantastic goal I mean it was a brilliant header down then he turned and shot Spironi had no chance to get into it and, and then even the defender I mean it was difficult to defend the way he turned him so yeah don't mm. take away from the fact that it was a brilliant goal yeah, absolutely. I think that's fair. And yeah, you know, it was too late for us to do anything about. Um, we'll go straight on to substitutions. We we tried to do something about it. We brought Emory on uh, for Easter in seventy eight minutes, uh, and then Ambrose came on for Par on eighty five. Andrew for Scanner on on eighty seven. Could those subs have been earlier, Ben? Yeah, I mean the question that we we should be asking. I mean they scored their equaliser in the seventy first minute, and it took us until I mean mid eighty minutes when when they scored again to make the substitution. So. Should we at two all have been looking to make the substitutions to get ourselves a winner rather than than keeping the same team and allowing Leeds to get the winner? Yeah, you would. I mean, I, I don't know if you agree on Fad, but the point was made. I think it was on Homesdale or, or the BBS. I've been reading all, all of it today, but I think someone was making the point that when Leeds made their substitutions, that you would expect a response from us uh, in terms of personnel to try and counter what they'd done. Leeds Leeds brought on Lloyd Sam uh, Luciano Becchio. And uh, Mikhail Fossell. Yes, Mikhail Fossell. Thank you, Ben. My brain froze. <laughs> no. Um, and yeah, so those are three extremely attacking subs. They're they're three people who were brought on to, for one thing. They're attacking players. They're not going to go go back and put a tackle in. They're going to stay up front and they're going to 
they're going to pepper the box. And to be honest with you, we counted them very, very well, but not well enough, sadly. We didn't, we didn't have the capacity to, to keep them at bay for the time that we needed to. And it's so frustrating to see a team have so few attacks, but them, them to count when it's against... We've got Julian Speroni in goal. That guy does not get beaten by much, but he's, he's conceded three goals all from pretty poor positions really and it's you know you got to feel bad for the guy really um we had no no garvin who we should suspect was injury but no john williams either uh ben uh would you mm. like to well he's certainly someone i think that could have had an impact in that game do you agree yeah for sure in that situation you know when we when we consider goal late on and we need an impact player he's he's the kind of player that we can bring on and do that him and zaha together and and scanlon as well i guess we would all work well they're all young and they're all fit and they can do a lot of running and, and get the ball up the pitch for us so yeah in that situation it would have been nice to see him it's always it's it's i mean we're, we're doing exactly what um we're always in danger of doing with palace and it's it's getting a bit too negative about it i think <clears throat> excuse me most people walked away and, and said a similar thing and it was i'm not you know caught between being really proud of what was a very good performance where we were the better team and which was said to me by numerous fans outside you know best team lost and it's no real consolation and i still wanted to shout at them but, <laughs> but basically you know they've they've um they've admitted as much and, I, and it, it's almost hurts more when if we've gone and be and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable no, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Been beaten three 0 You could just, oh, it was one of them games. But we've gone there and we've deserved to win, really. So it's very frustrating. But that was the end of the game. We've mm. lost three two, um, and everyone's, you know, you have you have to take that. But it was a positive performance. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, exactly right. Um, it, it it's a funny. I, I I hear what you're saying about you know if you'd lost three 0 then you would have accepted it a bit more better. But it was a bit, bit of deja vu. Uh, from last year really you know we were one nil up then Becchio came on and then changed the game and they won 2-1 but that's just football for you really you argue we haven't learned a lesson there but no you're right (laughs) it's just that is football those are the sorts of things that happen all the time indeed what was the atmosphere like Chris Um, you know you could hear the fans on the radio singing along Um, what was it like in the ground Uh, it was sensational it really was Uh, I think I've I've seen that a lot of Leeds fans have said that they were they were disappointed with the home effort and, and I was too. It's my first visit to Ellen Road and having heard so much about the great Leeds fans, you know, singing the and you know su- literally sucking the ball into the net when they needed it and that's apparently what happened last year. That sort of stuff affecting the referee. But I um, I mean I just think 
it, we just we just again we showed ourselves in such a positive light even despite the problems we were having with the, with the stewards and with the um with the police we had this just constant support constant loud vibrant support and it was it was a great atmosphere Mm, mm. Oh, so uh, and just just to make just to make the point as well, we we you know we clap these people in uh, those, <laughs> these people the team. I got distracted by hearing my own voice repeating There's back to me. Where's that echo from, Ben? Is it me? I'm having problems here. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> Is it sorted? Are we all right? Yeah. Um, let's just say we are sorted. <laughs> we'll Continue. We're talking about the atmosphere, Ben. Um, Right. I, I was just getting to the point where we we clapped the team off, and I just I said we clapped something. Yeah, I don't know what I said, but yeah, we we stayed. We clapped the team off. They looked absolutely distraught by by losing that game, but we didn't let up for one second uh, as a as a support. And I mean, it, it's almost tedious to say it because it happens in every single game now. We, you know, I'm so proud to be a Palace fan to, mm. to, to experience that. It was it was amazing. <coughs> Excuse me. I think the best games to go to, obviously, are the away games and obviously the hardcore, the passionate support that you see from Palace fans is is on display. And, you know, they they say so many times the 12th man can make a difference and, and we really do make that difference to, on the pitch to the players. Yeah, absolutely. With, with a trip to Leeds as well, I mean, it's cost people a lot of money to get out there. It's really far away. The people that exactly. are there really, really want to be there. So, yeah. yeah. And to to have that many people who really really wanted to be there, and I I just I can remember it's not that long ago. They even I mean, I suppose away games you're right, it would have been better, but it's not that long ago that a Palace support would be would would just take a hit like um, like a defeat like that, and just you know it would just absolutely shatter them, and it would just be silence. But it's we've come such a long way in such a short space of time. So it's a re- it's really good time to be a Palace fan, and I'm I'm envious of people who are, who are having their first games around this sort of time, because it's so different to when I had my first game. I tell you, um, I wanted to uh, get a quick man of the match from you, Ben. Who, who was your uh, on the on the Palace side? We're not interested in Leeds. Who was your good <laughs> match? Uh, Sean Scannell for me was man of the match. I think he had a fantastic game, like he seems to keep doing at the moment, and uh, he's looking like like our best player for sure. Hmm. Um, sorry, I've just seen a tweet that said uh, Richard Sadler has admitted he was taking a banned substance when he scored two for Millwall. It does say Mill's come there, but I said Millwall. <laughs> uh, versus Palace uh, in the 3 0 home win. Uh, in 2001. Why am I reading that out? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Ben, I, I apologise. Who did you say your man of the match was? I forgot. Uh, Sean Scanner, I said. Sean Scanner, thank then, you. And yeah, then I well. said something to back up my point, though. I'm not going to repeat because you no, That's fine. Everyone else heard it. Um, <laughs> I would, I would go with, I would just give it to Wilf. Um, right. I know he, he did arguably make a couple of, um, couple of errors defensively and, and perhaps carrying the ball when he shouldn't. But I just thought he's just got such a fantastic attitude of just trying, you know, nothing knock him. He'll just keep going, and doing what he thinks is best, and he's starting to have a real effect on the wing. He's starting to really get past people and get in really good crossing positions. Before he, you know, he would he would either lash a shot wide or, you know, the, the, he'd cross from the wrong position where people weren't set. Now he's getting into positions where he's putting the exact right crossing. And we just got to get people who are smart enough to get on the end of it. And that's that sounds like a horrible criticism, but I just think Glenn Murray needs to be in there. I, I can convinced that that man will score goals from Wilf's because he just I think that there's a natural. 
where Wilf's putting the ball, it's just a natural place for, for someone who's a, an instinctive goal scorer like Murray. Uh, uh, you know, arguably Easter should be doing it, and, and I'm not sure why he is. Perhaps he's got too many other responsibilities elsewhere in the team with with his link play and, and tracking back and, and what have you. But yeah, that's that's where I saw it. I thought Zahar was they they just did not handle him at all. Um, I want to get to, to some emails actually. Um, we've got email from Jerry, who I met up at the Leeds game. It was lovely, lovely to meet Jerry. Um, he's a very tall man. <laughs> um, he said it was good meeting, listening, and speaking with us before the the Leeds encounter. He said we should have got a positive result at Leeds, and if we took our chances, we would have been uh, blowing about a deserved win. Uh, unlucky for us we wouldn't get a point um, it talks about the first half uh, midfield supported the forwards brilliantly created so many chances stretching surprising the hosts and me with enterprising football which yep absolutely spot on there Jerry uh, it said Moxie looked great in the first half and Parr and Ramage looked good too Easter competed well best first half performance he's seen for a considerable time I, I think certainly away from home I'll, I have to agree it was, it was really was a, a breath of fresh and as Jerry's indicated there we, we have we have had a habit of of late where we've not been we've not been great in the first half. We've improved in the second. Um, so yeah, bit of a bit of a shift there. He said that the lead substitutions really changed the game um, as we started to look aided, losing our confidence. So I think I think that's right. But it was at the end of the day they brought in three attackers, and you know three extra attackers does give a team impetus. But um, yeah, uh, he says it's easy to say with hindsight if we introduced our subs earlier we might have matched Leeds impetus but the fact is the manager is paid to make such decisions vocal support we gave the lads was second to none reasons to be cheerful though realistic, realistically all I ask is that we improve on recent seasons it's a very um, very uh, sensible attitude there if we do better than last year we're making progress um, but it would be a shame not to build on what is a fantastic start as well so yeah. it's just hard not to be ambitious he finishes it by talking about um, uh, against Wigan. He'd like to see with Murray start with uh, Pedroza, uh, which uh, so I'll be surprised if Pedroza starts. But yeah. he's just wonder how seriously we're going to take the tie. I think we'll take it very seriously indeed. <coughs> but we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, if selected, hope Boy- Boyce Moses and, and not least Watson get a great reception on the pitch. I'm sure they will. None of those boys left on, on bad terms, in my view. Uh, Boyce, he's, he, not many people have actually talked about his return, but. Before he left Palace, he was he was such a superb player, and he's just gone on to to him be you know a Premier League defender for a, a very long period of time. Absolutely great player. Um, I think in some ways it'd be a shame to see Vic, Vic play against us, but I would love the chance to give to give him a, um, a round of applause. And same with Ben Watson. Uh, he gave Sean Scannell man of the match as well. But agreed with you there. Uh, he thinks he's developing to a top practitioner, scanning the front line extremely well. He's asked how long do we is on Sean's present contract. I thought it was just the one more year. Um, I'm not 100% on that. I'd, I'd like to check. Uh, maybe I'll check during the show at some point. But um, I, I thought it was the end of this season. I don't know if anyone else has got any opinions on that. If you do know, just email in. Don't email in and lie, though. Right? It'd be unfair. Um, the second email. Do you want to get that one, Ben? Not, not a long one. Yeah, it's from Colin. And he says, good show, fellas. Don't you think we should have tried to kill the game off earlier rather than react to their tactics or subs? I mean, it's something we talked about earlier on I mean I said that we, we should have made the substitutions earlier so I agree with what you said there what you Chris um, I think it's a it's perhaps easier said than done but I think it, you know sense, common sense would tell you yes common sense would have told you that we should have reacted to their substitutions immediately and it's and it also show, says 
if we'd put our chances away when we created them at the end of the first half and start of the second, you know, that game would have been ours and, and Leeds wouldn't have come back. It's, it's pretty obvious to say, but yes. But I don't think we didn't... I wouldn't say we didn't try and kill the game off. I'd say we, we tried and failed to kill the game off and, and paid the penalty. Um, and I, I've remembered what I was trying to say earlier, if you want me to <laughs> go back yeah, to that. Yeah, go for it. Um, when I lost my chain of thought completely, I was talking about uh, when I spoke to you during the game and when Wilfred Zaha had that shot, if that had gone in, I think that would have killed the game off. If we'd got that third goal before half-time, I think the result would have been a completely different story. We just needed yeah. one more going to the break at 3-1 up and it, we would have won the game. I think that's um, more than likely fair. Uh, Ferhat, <laughs> you are there. Um, are you able to read out this uh, last communication? Yeah, we've got something in from Twitter. Uh, at Hull Radio, uh, the first half was like Warnock days. Do, do you agree? Ask the guys on the show. And that's got a CPFC hashtag. I'll let Ben answer that one first. Um, it's an interesting point, actually. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it like that. Uh, I do agree to a point, actually, yeah. I think we, we played football. We got the ball down on the deck. We weren't playing the long ball game that we've seen so often under under George Burley and, and managers like that. So, yeah, I, I agree. I hadn't thought about it, but it's a good point. Yeah, when when he says, like, Warnock, I think he's thinking of the period where we had uh, Sinclair and Moses on the... Um, Mm, on the wings and Morris at the days. front of that little three because those we were absolutely tearing tearing people apart at that point with some really nice stuff until we decided that Scowcroft was a better option than Morrison anyway <clears throat> not that I'm angry at all about that in any way shape or form uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good point and thanks for the communication on that there's other emails to read out on other subjects probably somewhere maybe um, what we're going to go to next that's, that's the end of the feeds uh, thing uh, just to remind you once more, we are going to be changing as of the 2nd of October uh, for a period of a month. We'll be trialling broadcasting live on a Sunday night uh, from 8 o'clock uh, and releasing the podcast. Well, that'll be moved forward to uh, to midday on a Tuesday. I think we're going to start that as of today, actually, to be fair. Um, the, the podcast will be out midday on a Tuesday. Just a little bit of encouragement to listen live there. And uh, now it is time for the ticket giveaway. And when I say it's time for the ticket giveaway, it's time for me to remember all the things I need to do to actually do the ticket giveaway. Uh, Mikey, can you tell me what number we're up to? If you Silence. Nothing. <laughs> 84. 84. What are you doing back there? Uh, 84 it is. Hmm. I wonder who it will be. Um, we do have a slight issue with these numbers in that I know um, a certain some cards didn't go out, shall we say. <laughs> Um, certain presenter has those cards. <coughs> so if the num anyway, <clears throat> I'm using the website random.org. You can all go and see it. Uh, it has a true random number generator on the right hand side. Um, I'll put my values in there, and I'm going to click a generate button for the number the winner. I'm going to click generate now. Oh my days! Did we have number thirteen last week? That was you, wasn't it? No, you're yeah. No, I've got. Yeah, one, I, mm, I'm concerned we had number 13 last week. Do you know what? Give me 30 seconds and I'll go and have a look. Yeah, we're going to go and find out. It's number 13. So if you've got number 13, uh, do get in contact. But Mikey's going to go and have a look and see if it's <laughs> see if number 13 was last week. We're going to try yeah. and fill for 30 seconds. Well, we don't have to fill. We've got we're, we're interesting people with all sorts just, of things to say. Just say so we've got confirmation from Mark that uh, Scannell's coming. The 30th of June 2012. They've got to sort that one out, really. 
sense. Is, is it so tense? Like I'm, like I'm on Star Wars. Star Trek. Clearly Star Trek, isn't it? Sorry, I'm not. I'm not a geek. Oh. Oh, it is, yeah. Alright, you win this round. You sorted this out, mate. Oh yeah, it was last week. Oh, okay, well number thirteen is. If you have number thirteen, our number thirteen was in our dummy draw before we started the thing. Anyway, uh, number thirteen it is. If you have number thirteen, King on trap contract contact before the end of the show. Otherwise, roll contract. Shut up. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Number thirteen. I, I can say with absolute certainty, number thirteen was on a business card handed out at the White Horse Pub. Uh, several weeks ago now, so uh, we'll um, we'll they wait. Probably lost it. They, I, yeah, I can say they would have definitely lost it by now. Um, it would have been one of the ones handed out by Ben. Yes. Hmm. So number thirteen. Okay, uh, we were going to have a quick break for news in brief, but we didn't record it and we haven't got time. So we're going to go straight into previewing the R- Wigan game. Ben, you've done a wonderful little preview for us here. Do you want to start us off and I'll start talking a bit? Yes. Right. So obviously it's a four hundred and thirty mile round trip for Wigan, so I don't think they'll be bringing too many fans to be honest. And they'll want to get back to their winning ways uh, after obviously a three 0 defeat to Man City at the weekend. Uh, they're going to make lots of changes from from their game at Man City. Um, striker Connor Salmon. And former Wolves midfielder David Jones are going to start, as well as James McCarthy, who's coming back from, a, from mm. an injury. They've got a couple of new signings as well that are likely to make debuts. Uh, Sean Maloney and Patrick Van Anholt. Uh, big news for Palace fans, obviously, is that Emerson Boyce, Victor Moses and Ben Watson are all unlikely to feature. Oh. Emerson Boyce earlier today was, was ruled out with a hamstring, in, hamstring injury. Sorry. And Victor Moses and Ben Watson, I think, will be on the bench, but, but won't, won't start and then probably won't come on as subs. We've got a couple of injuries in Alcaraz and Gahuri, both players that I'm not really that familiar with, to be honest. <laughs> okay. um, with regards to Palace, Anthony Gardner and, and o- Antonio Pedroza are probably going to be added to the Palace squad if they can prove their match fitness. And Darren Ambrose is expected to start. Mm. Uh, Klein, Dickershoy and Garvin and Marrow are all still out. Uh, so a few injury injury uh, doubts there, but... Yeah, should be should be a good game tomorrow. Interesting. I do. I know that they. It said that the uh, injury for Owen Garvin is that hip again. So obviously that's recurred from because um, he made a return as a, as a sub from that. It's a bit frustrating that he's um that he's suffering again there. Because like I say I would love to love to see him start. And hip's a bad one as well. We've said before that's an injury that can keep you out for a very very long time and um, keep recurring. So. I can hear like a high pitched. Basically, Ben, it sounds like you're doing this show riding on a bee. Is that the case? <laughs> Um, no, I'm I'm in I'm in my house. Okay. Well, you'd tell me if you were on a B, right? Wouldn't you? <laughs> Probably would. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like fair that. enough. Well, I'll assume you're telling the truth then. Um, okay. Well, so we've got Wigan, Wigan versus Palace facts to look at as well, which is nice. Um, not many. Uh, <laughs> just um, one of the, the results of significance that I um, that I come up with today um, was the time the the game that cost Steve Kember his job and. Uh, Evoked the fury of Simon Jordan, where we lost five 0 on TV. Uh, boys, were you old enough to remember that? that? Yeah, I do. That was on my birthday, I think. Oh, harsh. Yeah, and it was on uh, Sky as well. And I actually sat down to watch that game, and four uh, 0 down. It was painful viewing. Yeah, I mean, talking about big losses as well. Just a point to interject yep. with: twenty-two years to the day since we lost nine 0 to Liverpool. Is it really? Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> My word. 
You weren't even born then, were you? Nope. Ridiculous. Damn kids. Um, yeah, okay. It says, we've only played each other twice when we were both in Division 1 back, uh, together back in 03-04. Uh, and that was 5-0 and a 1-1 at home. Um, apparently we've been knocked out at this stage for the past three seasons. And Liverpool were the last Premiership club we knocked out in 2005. Good stats, Ben. Um, Furhad, do you want to take the last bit? Yep. Uh, previous Carling Cup performance for both teams... A couple of seasons ago, Blackpool beat Wigan 4-1, which was uh, quite a humiliating defeat for them. Uh, Palace will be hoping to do the same tomorrow to them. So basically, at this stage, Blackpool did a, a nice number on Wigan. Yeah, okay, good stuff. That's your only bit of trivia, is it, Ben? Yeah, it is, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> and Ferhad ruins it by reading out the heading as well. <laughs> I just It's amateurs. I can forgive you, Ferhad. You've not had a lot of practice. Ben? I didn't read out the heading. Yeah, I know you didn't, but you came up with one piece of trivia. Can we talk prediction time, really? I mean, I I know what I want from, from the game, and I know what I expect from the game. I'm hoping to see Wigan put out a second string. I'm hoping to see our um, fringe fringe players who I think are capable of playing in the first team and perhaps should be. You know, I'm talking about the likes of well, at the moment, Morris is, is you know he's not a, not a starter, and I'd like to see him come in and, and be a starter. And I can I can see us winning this game. I, I really do. But they're not a weak they're not a weak side. You think Wig Wigan? Um, oh, hang on. In chat room, the username Lee CPFC is winner with number thirteen. Uh, Lee, if you're listening, you do need to email us radio at homesdale.net. That's radio at homesdale.net. Email us with your details uh, of how Mikey can get back in contact. Well, essentially, by email, I'd guess. But anyway, um, but yeah, yeah, do get in contact directly, please, Lee, before the end of the show. We'll drag it out as much as we can for you. I mean, drag it out. We've got plenty of quality content. Sorry, I don't mean drag it out at all. Um, so, predictions, please, uh, Furhad. Um, I think tomorrow's going to be a scrappy affair. Um, both teams are going to rest, uh, you know, important players. Um, it's going to be, it's it's going to be like a championship game, really. Um, and I'm sure Wigan are going to rest quite a few of their first teamers. I reckon Palace are going to scrape a two-one. Benjamin. Hmm. Uh, yeah, like Fahad said, I, I agree with what he's saying. I think we will scrape it, but I think we'll we'll go a goal down and we'll win two one, but in extra time. Can I go for the same result? Yeah, well, you want extra time. So. Okay, I'll go three I'll go one. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I think I think it'll be a nice tight one for Palace. Sorry, I've just so. I've just stopped talking there. Like no, that someone else's job was hosting the show. <laughs> That's not actually true, is it? Um, we've got loads of uh, predictions from you guys, which I'm going to go to right now in a professional manner. How do I get to this link? Does anyone know how I get to this link? Yeah, click, click on, on it. And then I am, but it's not coming up right. I hate you all. Control click. Oh, you control click. Uh, uh, right, sorry, it is right, it is control click. I was terribly embarrassing, really. Um, <laughs> really, I've let myself down. I've let, let you all down. I apologise. Sorry, the predictions for... Um, Palace versus Wigan. Well, uh, from the thread started on the Homesdale by Mikey. His own prediction was 2-1 in extra time. Ooh, that sounds familiar. Murray and Wright as the scorers. Wright as a scorer? Well, if you get that right. Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> hey. I didn't mean to do that. That's why I stopped talking. 
Uh, Linz from Kent has said the uh, other way around Wigan 2-1 in extra time. Uh, Murray for us and Watson and he says Rodelega, but that's not right, is it? No, he won't play. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, he's gone with 2-1 uh, to Wigan. Uh, Benjamin 2011 has gone 3-0 Wigan, Watson, Moses and Boyce. Southern Eagle 18 has gone with uh, Palace 1 Wigan 0. I think that's a good shout if Scannell plays. Uh, D-Boy, oh dear God, he's managed to see well enough through the fog of drink to write 2-0 to Palace at a time. Um, Hawley Eagle's gone with 2-0, Pedroza both goals if he plays. Um, Dazzling has said if Watson, Boyce and Moses don't play, he reckons we'll win 2-1. Lots of 2-1s. Uh, Collier Eagle, Dave, he's gone for 2-1 to Palace. Uh, Palace Love Affair from South East London has gone for uh, 2-1 to uh, Wigan after extra time. Essex Eagle 83 has gone for 2-1 to Palace. Andy G has gone that we'll t- uh, said we'll take the lead for Petrosa, but ultimately lose 3-1. Olds from Brumley has gone with Everson Hattrick. We'll win 3-0. Hmm. Uh, we've got uh, Crazy Jim Bob. Um, he's, he's gone a bit he's gone a bit uh, philosophical about things, saying depending on how we play. Good point, it does. Uh, and he thinks we'll win it 3-1 if we play a strong team and home advantage. Uh, Ali Forest Hillbilly, he says we'll um, we'll win one nil. Ben Watson to skyrocket a last minute penalty for Wigan. After oh hang on, that doesn't make any. Oh yeah, skyrocket. Now I understand. He means miss. <laughs> last <laughs> minute after Victor Moses is damaged by Ramage, um, then he says seriously, I think we'll be beaten, but not too badly. Nil nil. Wigan to win on penalties was Billy Nick in Petswood. Uh, Palace Passion said Palace 2, Wigan 1. He's given Murray 38th minute, Moses 54th minute, Pedrosa 87th minute, and attendance of 16,380. Um, yeah, that's, that's a very <laughs> optimistic. He is, is very optimistic for the attendance, considering the Arthur Waits class. Um, <laughs> up the Eagles agrees with him. Leeds Eagle 1 says the good, but the attendance will be 10,000 less. Correct. Uh, uh, the last prediction was. Eagle Ted one nine nine with two one Palace, Andrew and Dorman with the goals. Um, I've I've just read the Mikey says don't read them all. I read them all. Um, <laughs> Aston has said Palace two Wigan nil on Twitter as well. Uh, anyone we didn't get to, that's mainly my fault for reading out loads and loads and loads and loads of the stuff of Homestead. So apologies for that. Um, oh, hang on. Mm, yeah, so we've got loads of other emails. I'm getting distracted. I apologise. We've got plenty more to do. A uh, quick reminder: as of the second October, we'll be broadcasting live on a Sunday, not on a Monday anymore. And the podcast will be released on midday at Tuesday from now on, just to try and get you people to listen live. And then live listeners are good today. And thanks to each and every one of you for listening live. And I'll thank you again a bit later. Um, we're going to look ahead to Barrow on Saturday. Uh, I'll start with the first part, and then you other guys can uh, can chip in. The first thing to say, really, is it's too early to talk too much team news, mainly because Ben was supposed to research it and didn't, and I had to do it at the last minute. Uh, but Borough's form has been absolutely superb so far this season. They've not lost all season. In fact, they've not lost in 10 games, if you go back to last season. Uh, Marvin Emner's has really come on as a striker. Uh, seven goals this season. I think it's four in the league in the Cup. Um got a 100% away record so far and have only conceded one goal which does not bode well for us uh, another thing of uh, interest I thought was Nicky Bailey ex-clown ooh, ooh hand ex-Southend which I don't have any strong feelings about um, or Barnet as well 
Uh, but he got his first goal for Barrow of the Week, and he was obviously prolific when he was a clown. Um, would expect him to be very much up for the game against ourselves, so a bit of a worry there. Uh, but for a bit of perspective on Westborough, they did only manage a 1-1 draw of Coventry at home, so, you know, I don't think Coventry were, well, they were one of the weakest sides I've seen um, so far this season. Um, so, yes, I would, yeah, I'm relatively, sort of makes me feel slightly better. Uh, Furhad, do you want to take the next little bit there? Um... Um, yes. Oh, <laughs> a bit. A versus Palace. Yes. Last season, the <laughs> finished 1 0 to Palace with a deflected goal from Vaughan in the first half. Mm. It was a vital win for Palace, and at the time, they pulled Borough back into the rele- relegation fight. Borough's form after that game remarkably improved, arguably a turning point for both teams, teams, I should say. Someone's changed a word there, and it wasn't. It was Mikey. <laughs> Just ignore <laughs> that. <laughs> that didn't happen. So uh, yeah, I wrote that. That sounds good. But well, well said, Ferd. I would say that it was a turning point for both teams last season. Hambo, uh, do you want me to read your fantastic trivia that you've, you've made? Uh, I would like you, you, know, you to. Just read slagged, the... You just slagged me off for my boring trivia. I'm yep, going to read you exact, exactly what you've put here. It is 16 games since Barrett were involved in the goalless draw. The end. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> can I actually and, just add something to that? You you can go on. I'm not a betting man, but. Reading a stat like that, I I would be inclined to putting money on nil nil on Saturday. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I I just thought it was a, a pertinent point. I thought it was good to um good to get that across. That you, you could know, have made a few not, more pertinent points. I could have done if I had been told more than t- with more than ten minutes notice that you weren't going to do the borough preview. All right, all right. Let's have an on-air row about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, there's there's plenty plenty of other emails to do, but they're not where I expect them to be. Um, it's yeah, it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight for the one that uh, Nick Tim Timothy oh, Nick Tim has uh, sent in to us. Hello, Hambo and the boys. Firstly, ignore anything serial through the emails you tonight. We'll try and ignore it, but I don't know how many people he's emailed, but I'm getting quite worried. Um, secondly, for anyone interested, it'll be posted in his next Palace Minute animation the weekend it's the tale of palace and brighton all you need to know about the history of our rivalry starring mullery hewton aj and all and just thirdly ignore anything nick, nick gusset emails you tonight i wish all the best bubs if you haven't looked at those on youtube you really are missing out go onto youtube and just search for a palace minute so there's about more eight nine something like that they are all absolute genius some fantastic animation from nick it, it really is impressive stuff um, so do check that out. Um, so more emails. Ben, I'm going to let you go. I'll with read one. I'm going to read one from Eileen Ulikis. <laughs> uh, yeah. It says hi from Dusseldorf, Germany. I found this show via Homestyle.net and it keeps us foreign fans up to date and also gives us opinions that more regular media don't. I tweeted Hambo saying how sexy he looks. To me, he looks like a chunky <laughs> Phil Mitchell. <laughs> Whoa, as we say in Wowzers. He tweeted mm. back saying I looked really pretty, so that made my day. Anyway, mm. I must go as it's a school night, and we're one hour ahead out here. Kiss, kiss, <laughs> kiss, 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 kiss. Yeah, is she actually one, at school? One suspects that that's not a genuine... I heard, the, I heard she was 14. Oh dear. Uh, yeah, one, I would suggest that potentially... <laughs> I think potentially bad, that's bad. a genuine email. There's uh, any policemen listening? Yeah, just just to cover me from legal Jerry? aspects. I don't believe that's a genuine email. <laughs> And I, I uh, certainly don't even have a Twitter account. It isn't. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. 
I like the phrase Chunky Phil Mitchell during that email. That, that amused me. Okay, guys, uh, I'm going to let you read out the slightly less controversial one for Had If You Can. It's the, um, well, I'm just going to let you go for it. The one from Harry Butts. <laughs> Yep, we've got an email from Harry. Um, <laughs> Hi guys, we can't really judge Dougie until Christmas time. He's getting his own team together and he's trying to get his ideas across. This takes time. Mm. Uh, he also wants to ask, uh, can you give a big shout out to Eric Sean? He's a big talent <laughs> fan in Hong Kong and I've been done again. Um, yeah, you've been done again. Well done. Yeah, um, yeah. Around again. Actually, there is a half-sensible point in there about judging, judging Derek, uh, Dougie later on. Um, we do have apparently Jerry on the phone. Do you want to pop him through? Oh, oh he's gone. gone. He's gone. Uh, anyway, well, we're still are we still waiting for Lee to get in contact about number thirteen, aren't we? Mm -hmm. If he doesn't, if he doesn't get in contact, then uh, he's going to lose out. Not too long left on the show, so we're just going to get to the very last email, which regular listeners will know will be a traumatic experience. Um, I don't need to say much more than that. But if you're a big fan of sexual innuendo, you'll really enjoy this. Uh, hi, guys. Good show, as always. This is from Dale, apparently. Yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, although we lost at Leeds, I thought we played well. I think he means thought. Uh, Jedinak looks a bit slow, but once he opens those legs, he can really cover the ground. And Zahar had a nice cross-cum shot <laughs> in the first half. Dale continues his good form, but he is young and may need to be rested at some point. The only downside was the unfair criticism of Easter. His movement allows Scannell to find space. He also had a good chance in the second half where a ball was played into the near post. Easter managed to come across his marker but just failed to get a touch on the ball. Our crosses need to be driven in hard with two small guys up front or banged in hard and low so Scannell can slide in and finish. Where was Garvin? We missed his little balls. That Scannell and Easter... That, sorry, those little balls that Scannell and Easter thrive on. Jedinak and Wright don't have the ability to open up the opposition, so they just resort to banging balls right to the centre-half's head. Maybe this will work with Murray and the team, but with two midgets, it makes their defenders look like world-beaters. Drop beats, not bomb. Fantastic. Um, yeah. As ever, a, a stunning piece of work there. Uh, as you're definitely really popular. Anyway, look. That that's the end. I'm still waiting to hear from Lee, which is it's a shame. Uh, it looks like the tickets rolling over till next week. So get your emails in, ready for that. Radio at homesdale.net and get yourself a number. Uh, it's it's going to be two tickets. They're free. It could be relatively anywhere you like. I don't think you can get directors' books and stuff like that, but pretty much anywhere you like. They're uh, in uh, for any category B game. So yeah, just get in contact on that. Uh, coming up, we do have in the pipeline. We are arranging interviews with uh, with Steve Parrish a follow up one from our last interview uh, we've got uh, Clinton Morrison who's uh, agreed to speak to us at some point in the very near future uh, Super Bruce Dyer will be talking to us, I mean two of those legends, can't wait to speak to them um, we've um, we've agreed in principle uh, uh, to go and have a chat with uh, with West Ham co-owner David Gold as well, Furhad was responsible for that well done Furhad thank you, thank <laughs> uh, you <laughs> it's good stuff. And we're going to talk to talk to David ahead of the um, the game against West Ham, 
uh, get his get his thoughts on that. But also have a you know have a chat about the uh, the interest he had in in purchasing Palace before for current owners took over. And, you know, just a various few bits and pieces about football and potentially about Simon Jordan if he's up for that subject. Uh, I think that'll be good listening for uh, for everyone. So do uh, do tune in for that and make sure you listen live. And that that's the next subject really. If you are listening to this on the podcast, do listen live. You can taste take taste. You can take part in competitions to win prizes and you can interact directly with us. Us, these people here. Uh, through phone, Twitter, email. Um, just yeah, we've even fixed most of our technical problems. I believe. I don't think we've uh, randomly dropped off air at all for the last few weeks, which is fantastic news. Uh, just a quick reminder: as of the second of October, for that period of a month, uh, we will be broadcasting live on a Sunday night uh, from eight o'clock. Hopefully, which will give more of you uh, a chance to uh, to listen in live and to, to get involved in the show. Okay. Well, all that remains. Um, while I'm still trying desperately trying to wait for Lee to, to claim the ticket so it can all be over it doesn't look like it's going to happen all that remains to be said uh, is firstly I'm going to thank Ben because he's just told me it's his last show for about a month um, it's a shame Ben thank you for, for coming on today uh, thank you Chris and uh, you're off to university aren't you yeah uh, not next week but the week after I'm to university uh, yeah, those are great days don't do what I did I don't want to know. What did you do? Uh, I went in twice, and the, the second time was to get my student loan. Um, okay, brilliant. <laughs> and I'll try not to do that. And I spent it on alcohol, and then I just went home. So don't do that. You don't really get a degree out of it for that, just to let you know. You don't really, or you don't? You, well, right, you don't at all. You don't get <laughs> a degree at all. So that's my advice to you, and that's free, that advice. Um, but thanks, Ben. And Furhad, it was great to uh, to have you on once more. Thank you, Hope thank you. you. I hope you'll be visiting us more often. Um, uh, and thanks, yeah, thanks for, for, for you know for being. You know, you you've really shown your uh, your skills today. I was impressed. Um, I, I think we've uh, we've got a push to include you at the expense of who should we get rid of? Matt Packham. Anyone, <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. <clears throat> I'm only joking. I don't think he's able to listen anyway, so he'll catch it on the podcast and be quite upset. Um, thank you to everyone who's listened thanks to Mikey once more um, for producing and we will catch up with you next week goodbye it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.